The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you because we are never alone. We always have access to the supply of heaven, the grace and the power, the mercy and the favor, even the goodness and the kindness of God always available to us, particularly in times of need. And by faith, we lay hold and access these things right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. I want us to continue on what we've been um, talking about in recent weeks. Um, I believe um, at times like this, where you don't seem to have that many options or things you can depend upon in the natural, and I know that um, differs from person to person, but we came to that place even where we were in our nation, um, as the elections were, were coming closer and different people in different stations in life at different levels, um, we, we just couldn't depend on um, things we could have trusted in, naturally speaking. And like we said, when you come to times and seasons like that, whether it's in your personal life or something that has to do um, collectively, like our nation, we, it, it shouldn't bring us to a place or a sense of hopelessness. And the reason for that is we can always turn to God and we can always look into the promises of God, depend on God, and from what God has made available to us and what God provides for us, we can begin to draw hope from that supply from God. And that's what we mean by the fact that the grace of God and the power of God is always available for us. Declare with me tonight, say, as I'm seated right now and where I am right now, the grace of God, the power of God is available for me. Hallelujah. And by grace and power, I mean everything God supplies. His wisdom is available to you. His riches are available to you. His strength is available to you. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And that's why you can always have hope. You can always have hope. Um, Romans chapter 4, we read about Abraham's story. And the Bible told us that he... In against hope, he believed in hope so that he could become that which God had spoken to him. And what Romans chapter 4 was teaching us was just it's what God has provided for us that we use to deal with tough, difficult situations. Again, whether it's personal or national. We are talking a lot of national because of what was going on in the nation. And we are grateful to God. At least it looks so far that, well, there are still challenges here and there. And we still need to continue to watch and pray. But I trust God that um, we're going to be able to move past this time. Hallelujah. And we will move forward as a nation. 
I've been telling people that every time we have an, an election in Nigeria, and of course it will never be perfect because of our circumstances and situations, and all over the world there's nowhere where people really have perfect elections. But as long as we can have the elections and then move on, and whoever has grievances, they can go and settle in court, it consolidates um, democracy and stability in the nation. And I don't think we could have made it as a nation in Nigeria without God. I don't know about you, when I look at the nation, if not for the promises of God, I don't know where I'll be able to draw hope from. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't look at the politicians, we can't look at the economy, we can't look at anything in the natural where you can say, this is what is exciting me, or this is what is giving me confidence. But thank God we can look into the word of God. Hallelujah. And draw hope from there. And that's what Romans 4 told us Abraham did. Abraham in a hopeless situation, and you could see with the conversations he had had with God, when God even um, suggested the idea to him that Isaac, I mean, Ishmael is not going to be your heir. Isaac is going to be heir. Abraham said, ah, let Ishmael live in your sight. Naturally speaking, he was in a hopeless state because of his age and because of the circumstances and the situation, the age of his wife and all those things. His body was dead, his wife's womb was dead. But against hope, in hope he believed or he started drawing hope. Maybe let's look at that text again. I wasn't planning to dwell too much there. Romans chapter 4. I believe they've put it up for me already. All right, verse 18. Yeah, who against hope, or I read New King James, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became, which is really what we are, we are talking about. How do you um, become what God has promised you? It comes by you drawing hope from the promise that God has given you. We've talked about the fact that if you are not living in hope and drawing hope, you will not be able to live in faith. If you can't live in faith, the grace and the power that God supplies, the supply that God has made available, we won't be able to access it. So, contrary to hope, in hope he believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. So it was hope that came out of according to what was spoken. Please listen to me very carefully. Tonight I want to talk about um, multiplication or multiply. That was the word God spoke over humanity or Adam and Eve in Genesis 1. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth, subdue it and have dominion. According to what was spoken. So Abraham, since there was nothing in the natural he could go by concerning what he wanted to achieve or what the goal that was before him, he could only draw hope and draw faith and draw strength from the promise that God had. So shall your descendants be. God told him to look at the stars. If you can number the stars in the sky, so shall your descendants be. I'm going to multiply your descendants. Look at the sand in the on the um, the, 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 the the sand on the shore. 
of the beach. If you can count the sand on the seashore, so shall your descendants be. And though he started from a hopeless place, the more he held on to that word and looked at that word and drew hope from that word, his faith became stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. Verse 19 says, not being, in way, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver the promise. It all depended on the promise. He just held on to that promise. What does it mean by promise? The word God spoke. He did not waver the promise. The promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So the more he drew hope from the promise, drew hope from the word, and focused on the word, he got stronger and stronger. His faith got stronger and stronger. His confidence and his assurance got stronger and stronger. Even his praise got stronger and stronger. He kept praising God, kept thanking God. And so he became what God had promised him that he would become. I declare over you, you will become all that God has promised you to become. Every word that God has spoken. Hallelujah. Every promise. It may not look like it now. Glory be to God. I don't know whether you have been there before. You wanted to have something. I've been there in different areas and instances in my life where you wanted to have something you knew the promise of God. This is the word of God. This is what it's supposed to be. Whether it is healing, um, whether it's getting married or having children, whatever it is. But the situation and the circumstance around you seems to be painting a hopeless picture. It's like the way most of us Nigerians feel when we look at our nation. The situation and the circumstances may be painting a hopeless picture. But God has not changed. Can somebody shout a loud amen? amen. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. But our part is now to draw hope, hallelujah, from the promise he has given us. And it's that particular aspect I want to drill down on again today. John chapter 6, this is really the text I want us to work on. One of the things we will always see in God's promise to us, and this is a concept, like I said, it, it's tied all the way back from Genesis. It's about God multiplying and increasing what he has given to us. In fact, a major goal that the grace of God wants to accomplish in our lives, when, when, when the grace of God begins to rest upon a person and it begins to walk upon a person and it begins to um, affect what God wants to accomplish in a person's life, one of the things you can expect grace to begin to produce in your life is to begin to bring increase and multiplication. Increase and multiplication. When grace, if, if the grace of God should rest upon your mind and begin to walk upon the way you think, it will bring increase and it will give you new ideas, new concepts, can give you new dreams, show you new things you, you, you never thought existed. If the grace of God begins to rest on your heart and on your spirit, maybe it's talking about um, helping you like Abraham did here to 
build faith and develop faith, it will begin to increase and multiply your faith. What you thought was impossible and could not happen, when grace begins to walk upon you and rest upon you, it begins to multiply what you, no matter how small it is. And what was small at a particular time, grace will multiply it and it, it becomes very, very great. Abraham's faith grew to such a point where he was absolutely convinced that what God has said, God was able to perform it. But that wasn't how he started his journey. The faith he had, if at all he had any at the beginning, it kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. If it's your finances that the grace of God comes upon or the power of God comes upon, it will multiply it and it will increase it. Finances can refer to supply. We talked about the widow woman and Elijah. In those three and a half years of famine that she had very little. She said, this is my last meal and my all too. This is the last one. I'm about to cook it and we are going to eat it, my son, and it's going to die. But then the grace and the power of God which she accessed through that time came upon that little and he kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying multiplied it. This text here in John chapter 6, John chapter 6, hallelujah, where Jesus was about to feed 5,000, these 5,000 um, men, not counting the women and children, they said, we don't have anything. Where are we going to get food to feed these people? All we have is a little boy's lunch, and which is just five loaves and two fishes. But Jesus said, bring it to me. He knew about the fact that when the grace of God comes upon a thing and when the power of God comes upon a thing, one of the key things God will do, God will continue to multiply it and increase it. To meet the need that was on ground. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. John 6, let's read from verse 7. I know we are familiar with the story. Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Because Jesus said, we're going to feed these people, don't send them away. That everyone will get a little. One of the disciples, Andrews, Andrews, um, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here that has five barley loaves and two small fish. We have something available, but what are they among so many? What I have is small compared to what is before me. Please listen to me and listen to me very carefully. What I have, the, the strength I have is small. The wisdom I have is small. The money I have is small. The relationships I have are small. Whatever it is, the skill I have is small. The faith I have is small. The hope I have is small. The, whatever it is. If you can understand how God operates and how God's grace and God's power can operate in your life, particularly in a time of need, you can begin to believe God for multiplication and increase. Hallelujah. And I tell you supernaturally how God will do it. It will just bring you from that low place of where it looks small and inconsequential and God will bring you to a place of overflow and abundance. Can I hear a loud amen? Verse 10, Jesus said to them, Make the people sit down. Glory be to God. 
There was much grass in the place, so the men sat down. The number of them was about 5,000. And we see the key here in verse 11. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them among the disciples, and the disciples to those that were sitting down, and likewise the fish. He took it, and he gave thanks, and he gave it as much as they wanted. Hallelujah. Somebody say, as much as I want, as much as I need, as much as I desire. Hallelujah. They took the little boy's lunch, the little boy's five loaves and two fishes. They put it in Jesus' hands, in God's hands. He gave thanks and he just began to multiply. Can I hear somebody shout multiply? And from a state of shortage and lack to of not enough, they moved to a place of abundance. Hallelujah. That's what the grace of God and the power of God is said to accomplish in your life. Can I hear a loud amen? He will take whatever is little and he will multiply it. Glory, glory be to God. And the Lord spoke to my heart that we should declare this over the house and over the church. Because we said on Sunday, I said something on Sunday while I was talking about us believing God for national wealth. That it's a promise we see in scriptures. All the promises of God are given to the people of God. We can, as a church and as people of God, begin to believe that God will impact our nation so that we, the people of God in this land, can enjoy the blessings of God that God has given us in this land. Glory be to God. And one way that is going to be fulfilled for us is through the operation of God's grace, through the operation of God's power, the operation of God's favor, and it will happen as God begins to multiply what is already in our hands. Can I hear a loud amen? Can I some, let me hear somebody shout multiply. Multiply. Glory be to God. Verse 12, let me read on here. I want to point out something else. So when they were filled, Jesus said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. 12 baskets. They started with just a little boy's lunch and they gathered up 12 baskets. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, they said to them, truly this is a prophet come from God. In other words, they acknowledge that this is supernatural. Hallelujah. This is a prophet. This is truly the prophet who has come from God. This is not ordinary. This is not natural. So you, you need to live your life with a certain... Now, they came to it at the end after they saw the miracle. As a believer, you need to live your life with a level of expect expectancy that... Whatever is in my hands, spiritual, natural, physical, God can multiply it. Hallelujah. God can give me abundance. And God can take me from a place of not enough, little, and bring me to a place where I have more than enough. I have abundance and I have overflow by the operation of his power and his grace in my life. 
You, you are looking out for God to just multiply what's in your hand and bring increase and bring abundance in the name of Jesus. We looked at the widow woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. Let's look at our story again. 2 Kings. Glory, glory be to God. 2 Kings chapter 4. This is Elisha and that widow woman. I'll read from verse 1 again. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take away my two sons. So a desperate situation. Her husband had died. The sons were going to be taken into slavery. But she had something in her hand. Please hear me, hear me. This is where we are going tonight. She had something in her house that God could multiply. God could increase. Here is a lady facing shortage, abundance. She had lost her husband. She was about to lose her, her children. But this concept of God multiplying what you have in your hands... Um, she wasn't open to it or she didn't know how to exercise and walk in it. The truth of the matter is, and I know we're all familiar with this story, the answer was already in her house. Hallelujah. The answer was already there. It just needed her connecting her faith with the grace and power of God that was available to her so that the answer she already had, God could multiply what she had. I want to announce to somebody tonight, I don't know what the challenge is or what the issue is. It may be spiritual, it may be natural, it may be financial. It may be marital, whatever it is. I want you to know as a child of God, the answer is already in your house. Or I will say it this way, the answer is not far from you. Glory be to God. But she needed to come into this miracle of multiplication. She could have been staying with that pot of oil. You know the story. Elisha said, okay, what can I do for you? I, I, I love the spirit of Elisha. I don't think as a prophet, he exactly knew how God was going to handle the problem. But he believed in the supernatural. See, after Jesus multiplied the five loaves and the two fishes for those people, John chapter 6 that we read, when they gathered up all, they said, ah, this is not... In fact, they said this is the prophet. In other words, they were saying that this is the Christ. This is not an ordinary man of God. This is something special. And they were talking about the fact that the supernatural was at work here. God did something special here. Elisha knew God could do something special. The, the, the way men of God operate, the truth of the matter is, no one really knows how God is going to do it for anybody. If you had asked Elisha, how is God going to solve this woman's problem. He probably won't have told you that God is going to just be multiplying or increasing the oil that she had in her house. It was as they spoke that the word of God came to him and he told her what to do. The Bible said told about the disciples um, when Jesus told them, where are we going to get bread to feed all these people? And the scripture said that Jesus was testing them because he himself knew what he was going to do. Now, he didn't tell us that Jesus knew that there was a boy with five loaves and two fishes there. But Jesus knew that somehow, somehow, 
God is going to feed these people and God is going to supply the need on ground. Elisha knew that God was going to meet the need. What can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? The woman was like, I don't have anything. Well, the truth is, all of us have something. And specifically tonight, I want you to begin to believe God and think about something that God can multiply. Hallelujah. Something that God can supernaturally increase. It differs from person to person. Apostle Paul wrote, if you read his epistles, he talked about the abundance of the revelation God had given him. That was something God multiplied, the revelation that God had. And he said, lest I should be exalted beyond measure through the abundance of the revelation God gave him. Peter wrote about Paul. He said that some of the things he writes, the revelation he has, is, even though we were apostles, and yes, God has even blessed us with revelation. Peter too, said, ah, Paul is on another level. Glory be to God. God can multiply your faith. Or, like we read about Abraham, cause your faith to grow to a point where, I mean, we talk about the gift of special faith, where you, you, you just believe. Glory be to God. And the next person cannot even muster up half or a quarter of the faith you have. There is something you have in you right now, spiritual, financial, material, intellectual. I don't know. God can multiply it. God can bring supernatural increase upon it. And you will need that in this kind of season we are in. Like this widow needed it in the situation she found herself. So she said, I don't have anything, but there's a pot of oil. And of course, you know the story. The moment Elisha had that, said, okay, go and borrow vessels. And begin to pour. And this miracle that God will multiply what is in your hands, it began to happen, it began to happen, it began to happen. Verse 6, verse, let me read verse 5. Please listen to how the testimony occurred again. She went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her and poured out the oil. Verse 6, now we came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. Now, remember what we read about John chapter 6. The Bible said that when everybody was full, that's when the multiplication stopped. And Jesus told them, gather up the fragments, don't let anything be wasted, and they found 12 baskets full of what was multiplied. The same thing here, when all the vessels had been filled up, that's when the supply stopped. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased, or the multiplication of the oil ceased. And the Bible said, she came, told the man of God, and I love this, go sell the oil, pay your debts, you and your sons live on the rest. There's something in your hand, in your life somewhere that the grace and power of God can come upon. And I'm talking about something for your present season. Hallelujah. And God can just multiply that thing, increase that thing exponentially. And it will address the things that you need to be addressed in your life. Said, go and sell everything, pay all the issues, the, the thing that caused trouble for you, that made you uncomfortable in the first place. Then 
You and your sons, leave off the rest. In other words, I'm not just taking care of you for this present day, even for the future. Hallelujah. And what God wants you to do by the help of, his Holy, of the Holy Spirit is to activate that thing. In this season you are in. Am I talking to somebody tonight? Hallelujah. There's a promise. God can multiply what is in your hand and bring you to a place of exponential increase. We talk about Isaac in Genesis, Genesis 26. How God told him, stay in that land. Don't go, don't go from there. And the Bible says Isaac sowed in the land. And he reaped a hundredfold. In other words, God multiplied the seed he sowed. Hallelujah. In a time of famine, Isaac was about to leave that place, not knowing that this is the place or this is where the blessing that God has for you, the thing that God is going to multiply on your hand is in this place. And when the power of God and the grace of God began to work on his life, he multiplied it and he began to increase. He began to prosper. And he became great. And the Philistines envied him. Glory, glory be to God. Lift your hands with me tonight and say, Heavenly Father, what you have given me to experience the miracle of multiplication for such a time as this, help me to locate it and help me to activate the miracle of multiplication in the name of Jesus. The miracle of increase. Some of you sitting down and looking at me, it may be in your finances. Somebody looking at me, it may be with the favor of God operating in your life. Favor. Esther, when she came into the king's palace, she wasn't the only girl that came. She wasn't the only maiden that came. But God just increased and multiplied favor. Everybody just, including the king, when they saw her, just, ah, this is the person. And ultimately, this is the one, the, 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 um, the person, she was the one that the king chose. You are going to be my next queen. There's something in your life that if the grace of God and by the help of God you can locate that thing and begin to just submit it to God, work with God in such a way where it will just begin to multiply and increase supernaturally and to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of in your life. That's your story in the name of Jesus. So when we say God's grace and God's power is available for you, in a time of need. Think about, we can go story after story and testimony after testimony. What you need to understand is the way God brings about the operation of that grace is that his power just rests upon something in your life and brings exponential increase. Multiplication. Hallelujah. And that's what's going to change your story. So we can begin to look for it. Hallelujah. We can begin to look for it. For maybe someone like a, a pastor in ministry, what God can do for you is multiply the number of members you have in your church or multiply the number of churches that you have operating, th thinking spiritually, or multiply the miracles that is operating under your ministry or multiply like Paul, the revelation is giving you. There's something that if it can be located by God's spirit, and the grace and the power of God rests upon it for that time, for that season. 
just for that time, and God just, hallelujah. That's a miracle you need to activate in a season like this. Glory, glory be to God. Somebody say multiply in the name of Jesus. Second Corinthians. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians. Chapter 8. So, the question now is, how do I get there? How do I trigger this miracle of multiplication? That's what we need to look for. How can I come into this experience? That widow came to the prophets. The answer was already in her house, but she didn't know how to trigger the miracle. But thank God the prophet helped her. The disciples had the little boy's lunch and the five loaves and two fishes. The solution they were going to offer was everybody go home. We can't feed all of you. But Jesus wanted to feed the people and do the miracle. The five boys' loaf, the five loaves and two fishes was more than enough. They didn't know how to do it. Jesus knew how to trigger it. Isaac was in a land where he would experience multiplication. He wanted to leave the place. But Thank God that God let him know, stay in this land. Esther, we can think about anybody. She was in the king's, she had the option to go into the king's palace and present herself as a maiden or a lady that the king will marry because the king was going to um, choose his next wife. Thank God for the guidance of uh, Uncle Mordecai. How do you trigger this? That's what I want us to see. 2 Corinthians 8 Verse 10. Let me start reading from verse 10. And in this I give advice. Paul said, it is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you must complete the doing of it. Let me tell you, neighbor, complete the doing of it. And as there was a readiness and a desire, a readiness to desire it, so, there also must be a completion of what you have. Verse 12 is where the key is. Please listen to this very carefully. This is what's going to unlock everything. Verse 12. For if there is first a willing mind. Hallelujah. If there is first a willing mind. It is accepted according to what one has. Not according to what it does not have. Many times where we are in lack or where there's a challenge or where there's a problem we are faced with, many people are bogged down with what they don't have. Oh, if only I had an uncle in this place. Oh, only if I had this skill. Oh, if only I had this money. Oh, no, don't worry about that. It's not about what you don't have. And because people make it about what they don't have, many times people are running helter-skelter like I always say, looking for what is not lost. Hallelujah. Looking for what is not lost. Isaac was going to leave Jerah, thinking that what he needed for his supply and his prosperity was going to be in Egypt. Ah, after all, my father too got his breakthrough when he went to Egypt. No. What he needed was right where he was. Can you help me look at somebody and say what you need is right where you are? 
What needs to be done is to connect what you have already, forget about what you don't have, to this grace and power of God that will multiply what you have. And Paul was teaching, um, we, we are all familiar with 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he was talking about God's grace. We're going to read it as we go on. And now God's multiplying it. Look at the key. This is the key I found. If there is a willing mind, God accepts what is presented according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Verse 13. Please listen. Let's just follow his train of thought. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by an equity that now at a time of, at a time, but now at this time your abundance may supply their lack and their abundance may supply your lack that they may be equality. So background story, he was asking them to give to the poor saints that were in Jerusalem. And he told them that you guys are at a point where you actually have seed to sow. And the way you sow your seed, notice what he was saying them, it's not just about sowing seed, it's let there be a willingness. <laughs> Is somebody hearing me tonight? Of your heart and mind. And present what you have. Be willing. Be opened. And you are going to be able to be willing and to be opened when you trust God in that situation where you are in. You will have a willing mind and you'll be open to God or you'll be able to open up and be willing when you can trust God in your situation. Look at some of the examples I've mentioned tonight. When God told Isaac, don't go to Egypt, stay in Jera, the increase and the fruitfulness you want to see is not going to come about the fact that you are going to a place where everybody is going to. Listen, it's going to come about, it's going to come into to manifestation if I multiply what is in your hand. He had to be willing and open to that. Hallelujah. And the little seed he had, he, he always had that seed. Please listen to me very carefully. He always had the seed. But he wasn't convinced, glory be to God, that the seed he had, if he planted it in this place, let's look at Nigeria, for example. I mean, and please, when we say these things, it's not like we are trying to make fun of people that have left the country or anything. No. For some people, that's where they're supposed to be. So please, nobody, particularly if there's somebody in diaspora looking, um, listening to what we are teaching tonight. It's just that that's our present ongoing reality here in Nigeria now. So imagine someone, and I think it's a very perfect example, someone in Nigeria that wanted to jackpa. And he could use that money to buy his passports, buy his tickets. I mean, you know, when people are they will sell everything and just enough to go to Egypt. He had enough. But God now said, don't go out of Nigeria now. Stay in Nigeria. You see, please, when he said that, be willing and then present what you have. And really, he's talking about present it to God. I'm, I'm going to talk about that. Have an open mind, which really comes from trusting God. And present what you have. See, if you understand that the way the breakthrough or the miracle is going to come is, no matter what I have, however small it is, if the grace and the power of God can rest upon it and activate this trigger of multiplication, that's going to be the end of it. 
my story is going to change. And that's what we need. We need God to multiply what we have. Not necessarily go to another place where God has not sent you. Are you hearing me tonight? Or go to start something that God has not told you to start. When the widow came to Elisha, he told her, what do you have? She said, I have this small oil. Okay, go to your house. Talk about willing mind there, yeah, being opened and trusting God. Borrow vessels. Begin to pour the oil. Now, the woman, if she did not trust God and believe the prophet, how can I be pouring oil? What is he telling me? How is that going to happen? But look at what he said again. Verse 12. If there first be a willing mind, it is accepted. It's that willingness of your heart to trust God, to just obey God and do what God is saying. That's all God is looking for. She went and she was willing and she started pouring that little oil. And that opened the door for God's grace and power to multiply the oil she had. Look at the disciples with the five loaves and the two fishes. Ah, let us send them away. Then somebody said, ah, there's a little boy here that has five loaves and two fishes. Then he said, what is that among so many? 200 denarii. I, I don't know what the value of that, but it sounded like a lot of money. It's not enough. But Jesus said, now bring it to me. Willing mind. Okay, Jesus, we're going to put it in your mind. How you are going to use five loaves and two fishes <laughs> to feed 5,000 men. I don't know, but I am willing to do what you are saying. And it's, it's not 5,000 loaves, though. You see, it is accepted according to what you have. Miracle after miracle. When Esther went into the king's palace, it was the counsel Mordecai gave her. That really, if you read the story, what they tell you to do, you don't know anything. Just follow the instructions. When the time came for the children of Israel to be delivered, when the king was about to release, or he had released a decree that they should um, murder all the, the Jewish people, it was simply the counsel he gave her. This is why God brought you to this place for such a time as this. And if you don't stand for the Jews and help us, God raised somebody willing mind. Listen to where I'm going, because this is what God told me to tell us tonight. Many times, because people are intimidated with the pressure of the challenges you are faced with, and because you've not come to a realization that all it takes for God to change your story is for God to just multiply what is in your hand. A lot of people don't think that way. And from the beginning, that's what God told Adam. Be fruitful, multiply. Be fruitful, multiply. It's for God to just multiply what's in your hand. Because people are not focused, I mean, so intimidated by the challenges, rather than being willing and obedient and just open to God's instruction and trust what you have. I only have one idea. It's not even a genuine idea. Can you trust it to God? And will you be willing when God's instruction comes to you a lot of people are intimidated with that. Intimidated about their challenges. And Paul said here that, look, if you are willing, and I'm telling you that willingness comes from you trusting God because it's the person that can depend on God that will give him his five loaves and two fishes. If the person that will depend on God that go into your room. You know, some of these miracles, we, we've not, 
They are so absurd. Hey, another one is the widow woman and Elijah. Don't make that meal for yourself first. Make for me first. If willing mind, make for me first. And the moment, look, she had come to a place where she thought, hey, I'm just going to, I'm about to die. But you don't have to die. And you don't have to be hopeless. Is somebody hearing me tonight? Realize that, please catch this, God can multiply something in your life. Oh, hallelujah. God can multiply. The key we have to, and this is where we need to trust God and the Holy Spirit for, show me what it is. Show me what it is. It's usually something already in your life. Like I always say, you won't be in Lagos. And God will put what he's going to use to change your life in Australia. So that you spend your whole life struggling. No. Hallelujah. By the help of the Holy Spirit, let's begin to locate the thing in our lives that God can multiply. And follow these instructions. Just be willing and present what you have to God. Everybody that experienced this miracle of multiplication, they had to present what they had to God. Sometimes it was presenting themselves. When God told Abraham, leave your father's house, go to a country, I will show you. What was he doing? Presenting, God, I'm in your hand. When Sarah, I mean, when um, Esther, look at what she said. Tell everybody to fast. And me too, and my maidens will fast. If we perish, we perish. They just presented it. Isaac had to sow. You see, this is the land God told me to stay. This is the seed I have. Put it in his hand. The disciples had to bring the little boy's loaves and five fishes, put it in his hand. The widow had to take the oil that she had, obey the instruction the prophet gave her. It comes to a place where you are going to have to trust God and just be willing. Ah, pastor, I was willing, I did it, it didn't work. Listen for another instruction. Just stay open. All that needs to happen, glory be to God, for the situation to change or for the story to change is for this miracle of multiplication to happen in one area. One area. It's season to season. One area of boom, multiplication. Multiplication that you will do what you wanted to do before and there will still be excess left over. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Let me close with this verse before we pray. And this is the summary, really, of what Apostle Paul taught in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, chapter 8 and chapter 9. I wish I, I wanted to, if, I had, if we had more time, we would have read. In fact, please do this for me. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 again. When you have time, when you get home. In the light of the concept I'm sharing with you tonight. Look, God just multiplies something in your life. Just, just, just multiply, supernaturally. It can be on your job. Maybe they will just give you one strange promotion <laughs> or something like that. Just something that the grace and, God, the grace and power of God touches on your life and it, it, we are to, it's going to be supernatural. It's not going to be something you can explain. That's it. it can be an idea you have concerning your business or a business. It can even be a side hustle. You know some people have done side hustle that when multiplication from God hit it, so they have to resign their main job and the side also now became the main hustle. Am I talking to somebody? 
by the time that year, after this miracle of multiplier that happened for Isaac, the kind, you look at the way they described that his testimony. Please put up that Genesis 24. The man he began to work great. He became very great. But at the end of, and all that happened in the space of one year, when you experience on one level or another, this God just multiplying something in your hand, something in your life. Hallelujah. It can be concerning your health. I've shared my story many, many times before. Let me your hand. No, um, verse, start from verse 13, the previous verse. I, I love the way the testimony just went. It, it just changes everything. The man began to prosper. Glory be to God. And he continued prospering. When the, the grace and the mercy of God or the hand of God comes upon that thing, whatever it is, whether it's, in this case, it was his farming business, and the Bible said there had been, there had been um, the, <laughs> the famine. This famine now is M-I-N-E. There had been a famine in the land. My brain was trying to process famine and famine. So obviously, if you are in a famine business, M-I-N-G, in a famine, F-M-I-N-E, you know you are down. You know you are down. Perhaps the previous year, everything just, all the seed is sold, nothing. But God was about to multiply that thing in his hand. Praise God. And he began to prosper, continue to prosper until he became very prosperous. Glory be to God. Let's read that verse 14 again. He had possessions of flocks, possessions of hearts, a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. By the time that miracle of multiplication in that year. And you know Isaac's story. The next thing that happened after this one, he had to move to something else. This is not something that necessarily has to happen just one time in your life. Look, that woman with the oil, when the prophet said, live on it, you and your son. It doesn't mean that from that time till she died. It's just that oil they were living on. I can guarantee you that oil that they were living on, it finished at once. They had to now go back to God and find out what else God was going to multiply for this season in their lives. Are you hearing me? After this experience of hundredfold. Isaac had to start digging wells. He had to move. He had to move on to the next miracle. There's something, praise God. The key is we need to find it. It may take a while to dig for it. Let me close. It's, it's almost at the clock. Please, verse 10. Please read, read this in the light of what we are talking about. Can somebody shout multiply? Say with me, Heavenly Father, help me identify that thing in my life that your grace and your power can multiply. Somebody even said this exponentially in my life for such a time as this. Listen to me, your life will never be the same after it. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and what? Multiply the seed you have sown. Hallelujah. So you need to, please catch this. Oh. You need to know it's the little boy's launch that is going to trigger these miracles. It's my seed in Jerah that is going to trigger this miracle. It's the oil that I have forsaken in my house that is going to trigger this miracle. Is somebody hearing me tonight? 
Is this my last meal, my last barrel of meal and my last oil that's going to trigger this? It's not necessarily everything in your life. You just can't bring any seed. Oh, hallelujah. There's a seed that God is going to supply that this miracle of multiplication is going to work on. See, many times I think the way we live, oh, God help me, is you think you can just do anything. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I was going to share the testimony of, um, I've shared this many, about my health. How I used to fall sick and I used to fall sick. And there was a season that it's as if I just unlocked this divine health. And I've said this with us, I've not been sick in God knows how many years. That wasn't the story before. Hallelujah. And there were certain things, I've shared some of them with us, that I did in that season, that just, boom. God will supply the seed, and he will multiply the seed sown, and increase the fruit of your righteousness. And what is the result? You will be enriched in everything for all liberality. Somebody shout a loud amen to that. That causes thanksgiving through us to God. Hallelujah. When you can identify the seed and activate the grace and power of God upon that seed for that season, hallelujah, you will find it. I said you will find it. The Holy Spirit will open your eyes. You will find it. Listen, for somebody listening to me tonight, what needs to be multiplied in your life? Probably a scripture or a collection of scriptures that you need to be meditating on, meditating on. Look at what he told us. We started with Abraham's story. So shall your seed be. So shall your seed be. That was the seed for Abraham. The word that he held on to, the promise that he held on to. And he started growing his faith, growing his faith, growing his faith. God multiplied his faith to the point where he was able to believe God. He and Sarah were able to believe God for that miracle. For some people, it may be a financial seed. Pastor Bonner was talking about the other day, about the, this biopic story about Pastor Adeboye. And they were telling... One of the stories they highlighted in his testimony was one day his, his pastor just stood up in church and he announced to the church like this. God said everybody should bring was it their, all the money they had in their account. Told it to the whole church. Somehow we just struck a chord in them and he and his wife decided to do it. And the following, I'm not sure that was funny, they just brought it and the day the pastor now asked, ah, who brought the seed? It was only he and his wife that stood up. And for them singling out that testimony in his life, they're telling us it marked the turning point. It's just the seed. For Isaac is, stay in this land. Sow in this land. I will bless you in this land. So he said God can, in other words, God will point out the seed you need to sow, the act you need to do, whatever it is that when his grace and his power Rest on that seed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the miracle you are looking for. I'm telling you. 
that the, 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 what everybody is looking for, season after season, rise on your feet, I need to close because I can continue talking for a few more minutes. Season after season, what all of us, please hear me and hear me very well, it comes from time to time, something in your life that the grace and power can rest and multiply. Hallelujah. Multiply that thing. Oh, glory, glory be to God. Will you lift your hands tonight? We're just going to take about five minutes to pray and then we'll close. And I want you to pray. Did you hear what I shared with us tonight? Do you understand what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to say? This is what to look for. May you find your pot of oil. That when you keep pouring and pouring, it will never finish. May you locate your last morsel of bread and your last, um, your last portion of oil. That when you sow into the prophet's life for the next three and a half years, your barrel of meal will not waste, your cruise of oil will not run dry. May you be able to hear that instruction, this is the land. Stay in this land and sow in this land like Isaac. So that in that year, you can have your hundredfold return. Hallelujah. May you be able to locate the five boys, the little boys, five loaves and two fishes. Can I say something? I don't know whether you got this. I said this, looking at this group that God supplies the seed to so It wasn't just anything they could have brought that day. And that's what they said they had. But that was the seed for the hour. And imagine if that little boy had acted like the average little boy. Ah, no, this is my lunch. <laughs> this is my lunch. I'm not going to release it. See, that's where that willingness of mind. Paul said it's two things. Just a willing mind. God loves a cheerful giver. He said when you're giving, don't be grudging. And please, giving there, and I hope you, you follow the way I did this teaching. I'm not just talking about giving and money. Is anything. Leave your father's house. Go to a place I will show you. Imagine when I said, ah, I can't leave my father's house. So my mother that brought me from my mother's home. That was the instruction. That was the word that the grace and power was going to rest upon and multiply. Hallelujah. So shall your seed be. I, I, I share this with us. Please catch it. I want to say it again. There were many words that God spoke to Abraham. But when you read Romans chapter 4, they italicized those words. That was the seed that Abraham planted that made his faith to stand. God multiplied it. Pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, help me locate that thing, that seed, that word, that instruction for my life, for this season, that when your grace and your power hits it, come on, say that when your grace and your power hits it, it will bring multiplication that I will never recover from in the name of Jesus. Can you open your mouth and just pray? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Help me to locate it. Help me locate it. Like the little boy brought the five loaves and the two fishes and did that miracle that for thousands of years we are still referencing today. Help me to locate my own. Like Isaac identified his instruction to stay in Gerah. Like Abraham identified the promise, so shall my seed be. Help me to locate my own. Like the widow identified the pot of oil in her house. Help me, help me. The seed, the word, the instruction that when your grace 
and your power rests upon, the result will be multiplication, increase, fruitfulness like I've never seen before, harvest like I've never experienced before. Help me, help me to identify it. Help me to identify it. Keep praying. God just told me for some of you, I've already been pointing you to that thing. I've been pointing you to that word. I've been pointing you to that instruction. I've been telling you over and over again, this is it. For this season, this is the thing that will trigger the miracle of multiplication in your life. This is it. This is it. And even as you are praying right now, the Spirit of God is bringing it to your mind. This is it. This is it. This is your five loaves and two fishes. This is your stay in Jerah. This is your, so your last meal to the man of God. This is it. This is it. This is your seed that God has supplied for you. That God is able to multiply and give you a harvest that you will never recover from. This is it. Oh, shakata yala brekedo sata. Oh, yasata kaya keta kata kaya legetosa. Maya katasa. Regedo sata yala prekedosa. Lord, as a church, we pray that you will help us locate our seed that will trigger the miracle of multiplication. As individuals, we pray that you will help us locate the seed or the seeds that will trigger our miracle of multiplication. And even over Nigeria as a nation, we pray that you will help us locate the seed that will trigger our miracle of multiplication. In the name of Jesus. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.